How do you view death? Are you scared of it? Are you worried or anxious about it? In our text today, we see that Peter has a thoroughly Christian view of his own death. Have a look at verse 13. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body, because I know that I will soon put it aside. For Peter, death is simply leaving the tent of this body. He has a sure hope of life beyond the grave. And he has this hope because of his faith in Jesus Christ. He says he knows he is close to dying. And so now he wants to make what he plans to do for the rest of his life abundantly clear. So verse 12, I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body, because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. What things are these that he wants to remind these Christians about? Well, in our previous video, he ended that section by saying, you will receive a rich welcome into the kingdom, the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the very next thing that he says is, so I will always remind you of these things. So these things must be things pertaining to the eternal kingdom of Jesus Christ. And it makes sense that as he nears his death, he wants to make much of the most important things in life, namely eternity through Jesus Christ. So passionate is he about Jesus and his eternal kingdom that Peter insists on always reminding his readers of it, even though he himself acknowledges, verse 12, that they are firmly established in the truth they now have. He doesn't want them to be complacent about their knowledge of Jesus Christ and his eternal kingdom. His dying ambition is to make sure that they always remember these things. The question now is, is what Peter and the other apostles say about Jesus reliable? Can we trust their testimony about Jesus? Can we hang our hopes for our eternal well-being on the words of these apostles? If yes, why? And so Peter is going to give us a few reasons as to why we can trust his testimony along with the testimony of the other apostles. Number one, his testimony is eyewitness testimony not a cleverly invented story. So verse 16, For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. So as you read the words of Peter in the pages of your Bible, you are not reading a second-hand account about Jesus or a third-hand or fourth-hand account. You are not reading some cleverly made-up novel. 
You are reading eyewitness testimony. You are reading the words of people who are telling you what they saw with their very own eyes and heard with their own ears. They were there on the Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus' clothes became bright as a flash of lightning, giving a glimpse of his divine nature. They were there when the voice of the Father said, This is my Son, with whom I am well pleased. They were there. If you want to know someone who lived a long time ago, getting eyewitness testimony from someone who lived with them and went everywhere with them, for three years is considered first prize in history. That's what we have in our Bible regarding Jesus. Eyewitness testimony, not a cleverly invented story. Number two, it was predicted hundreds of years before. Verse 19, we also have the word of the prophets made more certain. What Peter and the other apostles report about Jesus' life and death and resurrection and his coming kingdom was predicted in the prophetic literature of the Old Testament, meaning the Old Testament is rendered even more reliable than ever now because what it predicted has taken place in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And so Peter says, And you will do well to pay attention to it, as to a light shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. That is, until Jesus, who is the morning star, wins your heart. Number three, and finally, these words of men written down on the pages of the Bible are God's words. Verse 20, above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Men spoke from God. What we read in our Bibles does not ultimately have its origin in man's will. I mean, if you actually take some time to just read and reflect on this incredible piece of literature called the Bible, written over a period of 1,400 years by over 40 authors, that tells a unified story centered on Jesus from Genesis to Revelation, it just becomes abundantly clear that there's no way that this had its origin in any human's conception. And when you consider also that most of the prophets and most of the apostles were tortured and killed for writing this story, that's all about Jesus. It becomes difficult to even come up with any reasonable motive for why anyone would think to conceive of such a story. We can trust our Bible because the story that it tells us about the Jesus who lived and died and rose again so that we would receive a rich welcome into his eternal kingdom if we trust in him is eyewitness testimony. And it was predicted hundreds of years before and it has its origin in God himself and not any man. 